and we are live. That's live for us anyways, and you're locked in to the Kansas City Social Hour, and I'm your humble host, Ruben Ortiz. Let's get it on. Way before Orbeez double disc, 40 on my lap, clap, sound like 40 did the mix, filtered bass, sip coat, like a Michelin star chef, chef, kiss to my wrist, I go dummy with my left, I arrest on my dick, try to audit all my checks, too late, you know they hate when you become more than they expect, you let them crack a storm your capital, put their feet up on your desk, and yeah, you talking tough to me, I lost all my little respect, I'm selling weed, in the open, bringing folks home from the feds, I know the payback gonna be me, I'm saving all my little bread, pray for me, y'all, one day I'ma have to pay for these thoughts, real niggas is this thing, it ain't Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ruben Ortiz, and this is another episode of the Kansas City Social Hour, and we're live, live for me anyways. And uh, here in Kansas City, we're going through a polar vortex, and uh, I've heard that shit before. It just sounds crazy, but uh, this is for real, man. This is fucking wow. We got uh, just, I think, it's not so bad that it's it's cold outside. It's the amount of time that this thing is, is lingered and is about to linger, right? So we've had sub-freezing temperatures for over a week. And then now it's really dropped down to where, let's see where it's at right now. Just check the weather app, right? It's negative six right now. So it's negative six. It's going to get colder. And then that's going to linger for a while, man. So I think the big fear is that there's going to be power outages. Um, this shit, uh, I learned my lesson from the first time that we had some type of storm like this is uh, I went and got a Dynaglow, which is a kerosene heater. I got a uh, generator in case the power goes out. I could keep a heater going and also uh, a small heater going and then also uh, charge appliances and stuff like that. So, I mean, charge like your your computer or whatever. And then I got a bunch of Ryobi uh, batteries and a bunch of Ryobi products like radios, flashlights, things like that. Candles. I mean, I, I have emergency preparedness kit for stuff like this. I wasn't, um, I had to prepare one specifically for the pandemic, but I had a winter one uh, beforehand, right? So um, I feel pretty comfortable. I, I got a bunch of kerosene before this shit went down because I saw the extended forecast. And so I have a good amount of kerosene and I'm kind of conserving that right now because I don't know how long this shit is going to linger and if the power will actually go out. Because I've been using it. You know, it's it's good to keep the, the heating cost down and it warms up the whole fucking house. If you haven't looked into these kerosene heaters, they're fucking amazing. All right. They do a great job. And um, they've, they've just gotten really good. And so uh, I don't use it all the time. But in cases like this, definitely, I'll go out and bust out with it. I'm here in the man cave right now trying to conserve as much energy as possible. I know I got this computer going. I got a small light. But other than that, I pretty much have closed all the blinds upstairs, reduced the thermostat between 65 and 68, and um, have all of the electronics and stuff uh, off upstairs. I think I'll go unplug a few, you know, just try to do my part to make sure that uh, I'm not... Uh, part of a problem in case there is a blackout right if there's a blackout again i'm pretty prepared for it i hope you guys are as well um this is crazy shit and and the the thing i want to mention about it is uh in in home improvement updates uh some of the things that i've considered you know the things that i've looked at the most are stuff uh like recently getting windows 
which doesn't make a huge difference, but it makes a, a difference. And then um, also gutters, you know, uh, improving the gutters, capacity and, and things like that. And then uh, moving forward, uh, going to do a whole uh, uh, assessment of the insulation. Be- and, and eventually I would like to have some kind of, uh, uh, I have a pretty good generator, but I'd even also want a better backup generator. Um, and, you know, some solar options. Uh, I'm thinking about getting an electric vehicle within the next uh, year or two. I'm really waiting on the Cybertruck. The Cybertruck is fucking exciting. Uh, it's an ex- I haven't been so excited about a vehicle in a long time. So I've actually gotten on that waiting list for the Cybertruck. And I was on pretty, pretty early on. So hopefully... I'll be one of the first to get it. I'm not the very first. I mean, it might be a year into it or two years, whatever, but I'm on the fucking list to get it. And uh, I am, you know, I'm already uh, preparing to get that. And so I would like to have the uh, Tesla charger in the house, obviously, but then some kind of a solar option. I know that we don't get a whole lot of sunlight in Kansas City. This thing would work a lot better in New Mexico, but maybe some kind of a roof option. You know, we do get a lot of sunlight on the roof. Uh, I know that Tesla makes the roof uh, solar option. So I, the bottom line is this, is that we are in a, like, like I, I'm the sick of the news saying that, oh, oh, this is a once in a generation storm. You know, Th- these once in a gen- generation storms have been happening pretty fucking consistently now. Okay. This is climate change. I don't give a fuck if you are, uh, pro-business, pro-oil, wherever the fuck you stand, the reality is that we've changed the climate to a point where it's fucking erratic, okay? And this kind of shit isn't normal. And I loved it, you know, the the folks down in Texas, they were, uh, oh, you know, it's beautiful weather down here. It's be- How fucking beautiful is it today, okay? Because this polar vortex is actually fucking extended down south into Texas, where I think every county is under a winter advisory right now. Last I checked. Uh, they're they're having these freezing fucking temperatures as well, right? So they're not uh, exempt from this. But uh, the point is that uh, climate change is real, whether you fucking want to believe it or not. And uh, we're dealing with the ramifications of this thing moving forward, okay? So your best option is to learn to uh, prepare your household for it and and start looking at energy-saving things, start looking at water-saving things, start looking at... Um, uh, ways to um, to insulate your homes and things like that. Stuff that has to do more with weather than it's like nice badass shit that you want to do, right? Take care of those things first because this is what's what our new reality is, right? This comfort level that we've been enjoying over the and this consistent weather patterns that we thought we had, like when we were kids. You know, the summer's uh, going to be hot, but it's not going to be record breaking hot. The winter's going to be cold, but it's not going to be record breaking cold. Now the reality is moving forward. All that shit's off the table. We've been seeing these monsoon rainstorms, uh, massive power outages, ice storms, fucking you name it. Okay, so I uh, just want you to be prepared for that. Uh, again, I always feel like I'm warning people about shit, but, you know, and I don't live too much in the future. I enjoy my time now, but uh, when I go through something, like I've been through this before, I, we've had a our, our furnace go out. And uh, I, that shit pissed me the fuck off. One, one time the furnace went off, and so that's what led me to get this kerosene uh, Dynaglow. This thing will heat the whole fucking house, you know. And uh, even when the guy came to repair the the uh, the furnace, he was like, "Your furnace isn't out because it was warm inside. It was because of the fucking Dynaglow." 
And then I we had a, a power outage that lasted a couple of days in the middle of summer, which was total bullshit. Never wanted to go through that again. Got the generator. Okay, so that's where... And then, you know, I started thinking about these things, and little by little, I've been adding to this collection of a preparedness kit. But anyway, Polar Vortex, it's fucking freezing. It's crazy, y'all. Stay warm. Uh, listen to the um, advisories on how to conserve energy, and uh, let's keep it moving. Okay, bear with me while I talk about one thing. I'm just going to be real brief about it, right? Because it's been looked at every which way but lose, but we have to address it. Because I'm in Kansas City and uh, the Super Bowl. Real quick, one thing that I want to make, bring, you know, just a little tidbit of information that I took from the game. At the end of the game, when it was clearly won, uh, the Bucks had won, right? And Patrick Mahomes is basically just playing to get a touchdown. It's the competitor in him. He wants to at least score, right? I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is, right? He's not, you're not going to give up. You know, you could argue that he should have been pulled from the game. That's how over it was, right? So he's driving down the field. He takes the shot, and there's a pick, right? The look of elation on Tom Brady's face, man. You just wanted to slap the shit out of him. What an asshole uh, to be that happy, you know, and, and ungracious in, 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 in uh, winning, right? He's just, like, so elated that not only did they beat the Chiefs, but that Patrick Mahomes was not even able to make a touchdown. That's how badly uh, he wanted to beat him. It wasn't just to beat him, it was to humiliate him. Let's let's not get this twisted. That's what this was. This was a humiliation. I think the Chiefs were unprepared for the level of hatred that the Bucs had for them. I don't know if it was the media that had started up, but we had no indication. Uh, You saw the punches to Mahomes while he was getting tackled, the ferocity that that defense played with they hated the fucking chiefs i don't think the chiefs understood how badly that team hated them you know uh it's weird because uh uh you could say they were they were a little unprepared for it right just just a level of unpreparedness in that respect but um i like to think of that uh whether your your adversaries were whether perceived or or real that there is some people out there that want to beat you that badly Okay, and you got to come with your game, bro. You got to come with your game in your job. You got to come with your game in school, sports, whatever the fuck it is. If you're talking to your kids about sports, man, and I might be a little crazy in that respect, you know, but I, I tell my girls, hey, man, you, you got to play to the best of your ability each and every time, you know, because yeah, these moments are fleeting. One of the things I hate the most, I love college basketball, but the play that I despise the most is the errant pass. The fucking mindless, you know, you, you get the ball and you just fucking throw it without looking. A careless, a careless pass that gets taken by the other team. Because I think to myself, these minutes that these college players are allowed at, a, at the level of KU or, you know, one of these blue blood schools, if you got a minute on the court and you could see some seniors play their whole career to get like two minutes in a fucking game, but you're a fucking starter. You have multiple minutes, but even that's fleeting. If they all add it up together, it's like a few hours that you get to fucking play. Really? It's crazy. Uh, and you're going to waste it on a fucking bullshit pass because you lost focus in that moment, right? And there's the flip side of the coin that there's some asshole on the other end that's going to laugh when not only does he beat you, but you're unable to score. 
I'll never forget it. I know some people like to look away at those kind of things. They don't want to see the end of the game. I absorb all that shit. It's part of my MO. I like that there's people that perhaps are rooting against me. Uh, I fucking love competition, and I like seeing that kind of shit. I like seeing people rub our faces in it when we fucking lose because it makes the winning all the more sweeter, and that's all I'll say about that for the Chiefs, man. Next year, uh, we reload. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be back. It's a little scary. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like, if you like a boxer and he gets knocked out for the first time, is he going to come back the same? You know, not saying that Mahomes got knocked out, but it, it was that was a brutal loss. You know, don't get it twisted. That was a brutal loss. It was for legacy. You know, had Patrick Mahomes won that game, he could argue that moving forward, he could one day be the greatest of all time. Right now, all that's in question now because he lost to this old fucking man, you know, he lost to this old man who's won seven fucking Super Bowl championships, regardless of how those came about. Because there were some bullshit calls in this game as well. Let's not be, let's not get it twisted. Some momentum shifts, okay? It doesn't fucking matter. In the end, all that matters is the W. As cold as that is, it's the American way. No one gives a fuck. That's what, that's what Trump didn't even fucking understand. You know, what I immediately understood is that once Trump lost that election, he was already out. And all these people, no, man, he's going to, you know, and they're like, well, what about the Capitol? Like, no, nah, nah, bitch. America despises a loser. And they don't even care how the winner gets there sometimes. And I'm not saying that's what Biden did. I think that was, to, for lack of a better term, trumped up charges that were brought against. I think it was a fair election, right? But in the case of, like, some of the questionable stuff that Brady has done, nobody cares so long as he got that W at the end, right? Let's move on. All right, Matrix shit. Matrix shit. Here you go. In 2013, you guys will probably remember this story because I remember this story. There was a young girl. Fuck. Let me think of her name here. Uh, Elisa Lamb. Okay, young girl, Lisa Lamb, she stayed at this infamous hotel. I didn't know at the time it was infamous. The uh, the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles, the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. Before you Google that shit, this is totally Matrix the fuck out, right? So this girl um, mysteriously vanishes. They don't know where the fuck she's at. A couple weeks later, they find out that she's in the water tank above the hotel. So they find her in a fucking water tank. Really fucking weird part. This is the part that I remember. I kind of remembered where the people were bathing and drinking the water that that was circulating from the water tank that she was in. That's fucking, man. I'm going to have a little sip of water for that one. Yeah, that tastes like raspberry. They said there was a sweet, some people described a sweet taste, a sweet putrid. T- oh, God, that's so fucking terrible. How crazy is that? They're staying at a hotel. It's like your worst nightmare. You know, there's weird colored water coming out. You're like, I would not drink it, though. I, I, I don't, I fucking, I hate drinking tap water at hotels anyway. Even from my house, I usually filter that shit, right? Or I get these, yeah, you know, these sparkling waters, you know? Come and recycle. Get some fucking, bring some water with you, bitch. Especially if the water's tasting weird, right? Don't drink the water. Anyways. Got a little bit off track there. But I remember that story. So I'm uh, flipping through Netflix. 
I see that there's that story, right? And I go, well, I may go down this rabbit hole. I thought, you know, it's just going to, I was bored. I'm going to rehash the details of this thing, but fuck it. Holy shit, man. That hotel, I had no idea, had this infamous reputation, right? This hotel is like a fucking portal to hell, okay? This is just one in a whole slew of fucking crazy weird events. And I don't ever understand why this place is still, or it's not open now. The end of the documentary, they've, did they close it down? It's closed down right now, but somebody's bought it. They're going to try to renovate it again. God damn it. Close this place down. Just seal a hole over, seal, put a concrete slab over this bitch. Done. Um, There's been over 80 deaths attributed to this hotel, and they involve murder, rape. Um, there's some natural causes in there. Um, suspicious. De- I mean, just all kinds of wild shit happened at this hotel. Uh, 80 deaths in one place. That's too much. Too much. You can't you can't have 80 people <laughs> die in, in one place and it still be open, okay? Because that's creepy as fuck. Um, the minute a girl gets put in a or it, they they think she committed suicide, that she accidentally she she had a psychotic episode. I don't want to give away too much, but th- that's pretty much what happened. She had a psychotic episode and she it's a, it was an accidental death. I don't want to bring uh make fun of it. It's just weird, right? I mean Maybe she did have a psychotic episode, but maybe this fucking crazy place contributed to why she was found in a water tank. I don't know, man. That's weird, right? That's like a horror movie. Like fucking shit coming, like stuff coming out of the water and it leads to, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, fuck. Okay, the other weird thing about it was Richard Ramirez, the fucking, was he the Night Stalker? I think he's the Night Stalker fucking serial killer stays at the hotel he stayed there for a few weeks so this is the kind of place that a serial killer hangs out at that's weird that it's connected to the fucking richard ramirez there's a lot more weirder shit in this thing this is a weird documentary it's a weird fucking place man anyways if you want to go down that rabbit hole go down that rabbit hole but the cecil hotel is wild and further proof we're living in the fucking matrix. Another documentary that came out um, that I saw, Fake Famous on HBO Max. Um, wild shit, man. It's like it reinforces what we already thought. Like people are buying uh, likes on Facebook. People are buying likes on Instagram. You know, they're becoming Instagram famous, but they're purchasing these things. They're purchasing comments, purchasing likes. Man, it's fucking weird. You know, uh, I've been plugging away at this podcast for a few years now, right? And, and, you know, just slowly building my audience, slowly cultivating it. I mean, it takes time. It takes a lot of time, right? And not everybody likes your shit. I get all that, right? But it makes me question my whole fucking, you know, uh, organic um, strategy, right? I was thinking, oh, you just put out good content. You could be giving people free shit and eventually... You know, you'll build up this audience, which is great. You know, I'm, I'm happy for anyone that listens to any of the videos, anybody who reposts or, or makes a comment or whatever. But I never thought to, like, create bots or buy, purchase bots or purchase likes. You know what I mean? But it's a strategy that fucking works, right? And so um, 
the documentary is basically takes these three people and it tries to make them Instagram famous by paying for it. Okay, two of them drop out. One girl takes it as far as she can and she gets fucking far. You know, I won't spoil it for you, but the shit works. You know, you can buy fame. Uh, It's fucking weird. Some of the statistics on that show is like there's more famous, supposedly famous Instagrammers than there are fucking people in the United States that that have multi-million follower accounts. So it's impossible, right? If you look at the numbers, it's not possible that there's that many people that are famous uh, on Instagram, you know, so there's some trickery, there's some fuckery afoot, right? Um, I think the broader point, you know, something that can't be missed is that uh, we need to talk to our kids about this fake world because I think a lot of people see shit on Instagram and the, and the, this fake life that people um, uh, post and uh, not all of them are, but a lot of this shit, is, it's just stage shit, you know? Oh, and and so, you know, it's and it's unhealthy for kids to make be making comparisons to things that are just not real right it, it was bad enough growing up you remember the pressure of having to have a certain pair of shoes or having to you know even food whatever the fuck it was you know uh by by movies and media on tv now it's constant man it's on their fucking phone you gotta have this you gotta do this you gotta be here you gotta be there oh you know all this shit it's not even fucking real man and the kids are trying to compare themselves to this shit. It's terrible, man. I'm glad I know that it's all fucking fake. Like, when I see these bullshit posts, you know, oh, man, the worst ones are these cringeworthy fucking, uh, I, 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 like, these uh, pranks that people do for, for likes. Like, they just walk around grocery stores scaring people. Like, man, bro, get a fucking life, man. I don't know. It's just not... I, I, I fucking, I don't even watch, I just scroll past them, you know what I mean, like, fuck, man, another one of these fucking weirdo prank videos, man, right, but fake famous, check it out, go down the rabbit hole, man, and uh, talk to your kids about, and even yourself, you know, how this fucking world, this digital world is fake as fuck, dude, fake famous, uh, it's definitely worth a look at, and definitely worth uh, thinking about, man. Last thing I want to talk about, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, This is a story of the Black Panthers in Chicago, Fred Hampton. And uh, this came out on Valentine's Day. It's not a Valentine's Day kind of movie. You know, there is a... I'm not going to give up a lot of it. I think some people know the history of this. Uh, It's a bummer, man, Uh, as far as... uh, It's more than a bummer, but... You know, you just, there's this constant uh, theme in American culture, worldwide. Whenever somebody tries to, even if they start off being a divider, if you're somebody that divides people, I mean, it seems that you're pretty good off, you're fine. But the minute you try to unify people, that's when motherfuckers get assassinated, that's when motherfuckers become imprisoned. And it, it, you just constantly see this pattern. I see this pattern all the time, right? And that's the story of Judas and the Black Messiah. And uh, one of the lyrics, this other thing that it had me thinking about, because I was thinking of the of the damage that January 6th did to the country as a whole. You know, permanent damage. I think it's permanent in, in this respect. That uh, countries... Uh, 
were genuinely afraid of the United States. Like, I wouldn't even say afraid, respectful. That's a better word, respect. And that's the word, right? To where, like, don't fuck around. If you fuck around, they'll drop the hammer on you, right? They're all about democracy. They're all about freedom. But if you fuck around with the United States, they will drop the hammer on you. And they'll do it in a way that you'll never see it coming. They're on their shit. The United States is on their shit, right? And uh, there was this perception, I think, with myself and around the world, it was like, yeah, there's some deep shit going on there with the, in regards to the United States, the military complex, the presidency, all that stuff. Uh, an impenetrable fortress, right? That's how you, I, I really believe that's what how people saw it. And that's how I saw it, right? Uh, the damage that that debacle did the showed the soft underbelly. And don't get it twisted. Hopefully people are underestimating us, man. Hopefully we'll be able to write this shit. But right now we exposed our soft underbelly, right? And you look at our adversaries and how they're chomping at the bit now to exploit that weakness, you know? And uh, this this uh, Nipsey Hussle, Jay-Z song that came out on the soundtrack of Judas and the Black Messiah, this movie that I'm talking about, uh, the soundtrack also came out. There's a lyric on there. And Jay-Z says, uh, you know, they hate when you become more than what they expect. And then he, he, this is where he goes on to talk about January 6th because it's super timely, right? They hate when you know, when you become more than they expect. You let them crackers storm the Capitol and put their feet up on your desk. And you're talking tough to me. I lost all my little respect. Uh, I mean, that's a stinging fucking line, bro. You let them crackers storm the Capitol and put their feet up, feet out on your desk, and yet you're talking tough to me. I lost all my little respect. <sighs> um, the reason that why that lyric is so stinging to me is because there's so much truth in that, right? Like, what would it take? Even like, you look at someone like Jay Z. Like, can you go into Jay Z's house and put your feet on his desk? You know what I mean? Who's, whose house can you go into and put your feet? I know you can't do that. Sh- I mean, you can at my house I'll if I let you. You know what I mean? But you're not just coming to my house and putting your feet up on this bar right here without, you know, without being invited, right? That's that's my house, bro. The United States allowed that shit to happen. These Congress people that point their finger, they, they laugh at us. Like, uh, this is what we allowed. You know what I mean? And there's a price... For that lack of respect, right? And I think that long-term term damage at some point has to be repaired, right? But it's really interesting, man. It had me thinking about that when all that shit went down. The loss of respect that we had worldwide and then now emphasized on a Nipsey Hustle Jay-Z track. What it feels like from the Judas and the Black Messiah. This is the Kansas City Social Hour Matrix episode. I'm out. Scorpion bricks, way before Orbeez double disc, 40 on my lap, clap, sound like 40 did the mix, filtered bass, sip coat, like a Michelin star chef, chef, kiss to my wrist, I go dummy with my left, I arrest on my dick, try to audit all my checks, too late, you know they hate when you become more than they expect, you let them crack a storm, your capital put their feet up on your desk, and yeah, you talking tough to me, I lost all my little respect, I'm selling weed, in the open, bringing folks home from the feds, I know the payback gonna be mean, I'm saving all my little bread, pray for me, y'all, one day I'ma have to pay for these thoughts, real niggas, 
is extinct. It ain't safe for me, my dog. They killing niggas and they on hood. That makes sense.